listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our scripture today is from Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. It will save you from the way of evil, from those who speak perversely, who forsake the paths of of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, and delight in the perverseness of evil, those whose paths are crooked, and who are devious in their ways. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And thank you for that reading, Martha. Get excited, you guys. (laughs) Uh, We are starting a brand new teaching series today. Um, I've been pumped about this all week, which really just means I need to get a life. Um, (laughs) Clearly, I don't don't have enough uh, to be excited about. Um, But we are diving into a new series today, and it's going to begin with the book of Proverbs. Um, We just wrapped up the Gospel of Mark. We were in Mark's Gospel for a little over a year, um, and we're going into this new series, which we are calling A Year of Wisdom. Now, just by looking around the room and looking at your eyes, I can already tell who's familiar with the book of Proverbs, right? Um, Because as soon as the word Proverbs came out of my mouth, you rolled your eyes, right? It's like, it's like, oh, Proverbs, great. And then when I said a year, your eyes got really big. It's like, oh no, what have I signed up for? Um, here's the good news, though. Uh, we are not going to spend an entire year in the book of Proverbs. We're not doing that. That would be exhausting. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, uh, the book of Proverbs is an ancient collection of Proverbs, basically, of, of wisdom sayings, of like uh, pithy little one or two sentence statements. Uh, things like, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, right? These, these are Proverbs. Are we familiar with this, some of us? Okay. 
Uh, the book of Proverbs is like 31 chapters of that, which would be exhausting to preach through verse by verse. So we're not doing that. Um, we are going to treat Proverbs uh, a lot more like we did with Leviticus. Were you guys here when we did Leviticus like a year and a half, two years ago? Uh, we're doing more of a thematic study. We're going to be dropping in on this book to see at different points what we can glean from Proverbs, what wisdom it has to offer us. Uh, and my real hope is that uh, these teachings in here are going to then empower us to then uh, read and understand the book of Proverbs and this wisdom literature on our own. Does that kind of make sense? Good, excellent. Um, now, there's a lot of different books in the wisdom tradition, um, and we're going to be sampling just about all of them. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, advantages to doing this kind of thematic study is we're going to be able to cover a lot of space in uh, not a lot of time. Um, and to give you a sense of where this is all headed, I've given you an itinerary for this series. Um, here's what our year of wisdom is going to look like if we stick to the plan. Yeah, big if. Uh, we're starting today in the book of Proverbs, right? An invitation to wisdom. Uh, Proverbs is really the quintessential wisdom book of the Bible. Uh, it compiles centuries of wisdom from ancient Israel uh, into one place. And we're going to spend about eight weeks here. From now until Christmas, basically, we're going to be in Proverbs. Then from New Year's until the start of Lent, we're going to be studying the book of Ecclesiastes, or as I've labeled it here, the wisdom after wisdom. Ecclesiastes is a book for those of us who are feeling a little jaded with life, right? Um, if you've read Proverbs, you've tried that out a bit, and your life is still a mess. The book of Ecclesiastes is for you. There are entire sections in Ecclesiastes where the author is just reflecting and lamenting on how meaningless life is. It's going to be great, you guys. It's easily one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. It's going to be good. <clears throat> That's Ecclesiastes. Then after that, for Lent, we're going to be reading the Song of Solomon together, um, or as I've labeled it, sexy wisdom. Now, um, I, is she in here? I showed this chart to Pastor Alicia um, earlier in the week, and she was like, you can't call it that. And I was like, of course I'm going to call it that. Um, sexy wisdom. Um, Song of Solomon for the Uninitiated um, is a collection of erotic love poems right in the middle of our Bible. Um, <laughs> it's a book about sex that also has a lot to say about wisdom. Be what's yeah, we've got people singing already. That's great. But, but Song of Solomon is this collection of love poetry, this book about sex that has a lot to say about wisdom because apparently the things we desire, um, our experience of love and intimacy, romance, the way we manage our most intimate relationships, all of that apparently has something to teach us about life. Who knew, right? Who knew, who knew that sex and life were connected somehow? That's the Song of Solomon. Uh, that's going to be Lent. I can't, I can't, you guys. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, after Easter, um, so when you all come back, because you're going to be skipping that, um, after Easter, we're going to be in the book of Job. Um, do you guys know Job? Are we familiar with this book? It's, it's a story of a man who loses everything and his idiot friends who try to convince him it's all his fault. That's Job, uh, Wisdom and Suffering. 
And then finally, if we stick with the plan, last but not least, our plan for the summer is Jesus' wisdom, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, This summer, if all goes according to plan, we're going to be diving into the Sermon on the Mount, which is a collection of Jesus' teachings in the book of Matthew. Um, So good news for those of us who don't like the Old Testament, Jesus is coming, okay? All of this, all of this is leading toward Jesus, if we go with the plan. That's our itinerary for this year of wisdom. To get started, though, let's talk about wisdom. Because wisdom is not a very sexy topic, aside from the Song of Solomon, obviously. It's not like, I would bet none of us woke up this morning and we're like, I'm going to go get myself some wisdom. That's not how we think about this. Wisdom is not a virtue that our culture holds in very high regard. Our culture moves fast. Wisdom moves slow. It takes its time. It's reflective. It's meditative. Wisdom's not in a rush. Wisdom looks to the past for guidance. What did our parents do? What about their grandparents? What worked for them? Not so much us, right? That is not our approach. We live in a culture that's very much focused on now and the future. Not what was, but what's coming, what's next. We need the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Wisdom gravitates toward permanence. What endures? What lasts? What is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? That is super countercultural for us in the 21st century. Nothing lasts today, right? It's all disposable. It's all in a state of flux. There is a new iPhone every single year, right? You don't have to look very far. You don't have to peer very deep into our culture to see that wisdom is not something we value. Back in September, um, the internet exploded, uh, as it occasionally does. Uh, There was this huge news story, super controversial. It was trending on multiple news outlets, you know, TikTok, Facebook, uh, cable news, you name it, they picked it up. The whole world was up in arms over the race of the Little Mermaid. Did anyone see this story or hear about this? I see some nods, I see some confusion. If you're confused, you're very wise. Um, But like... This was a big story. Back in September, the teaser trailer for the new live-action Little Mermaid movie came out, and it was revealed uh, that the actress playing Ariel is black. And a large chunk of our society melted down over this. You had political pundits on TV debating it. You had 40-year-old men, grown men, posting angry rants on the internet saying that Disney has taken away our childhood. It's like, dude, clearly you and I had very different childhoods. Um, (laughs) There was even, there was one political commentator who posted this long, detailed essay arguing that black mermaids are scientifically impossible. Bear in mind that mermaids are not real, right? (laughs) Like, you guys are already getting this. There were petitions to recast the film. Um, The trailer in its first 24 hours received 2.4 million thumbs down. Uh, YouTube had to disable the like and dislike feature for the video. 
all this outrage, all this attention. Meanwhile, there's a war going on in Ukraine, right? People are dying. Um, Russia and America are talking about nuclear weapons. Um, we're in the midst of an economic crisis, an environmental crisis. Uh, there is a humanitarian crisis unfolding on our southern border. But for one week in September, it was all about the Little Mermaid. That was the news. That's a lack of wisdom and a whole lot of racism, but that's another sermon. We've talked about that uh, before. Another example, another example of our lack of wisdom. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was watching this special where they had a focus group with undecided voters. Um, these were folks who don't identify with either political party, all in a room together. Uh, it included folks from different uh, races, different ages, different backgrounds, all registered to vote. They had opinions about like important stuff, right? Uh, issues like uh, abortion, the economy, January 6th. Some of them uh, really don't like Biden. Some of them really don't like Trump, right? It was, a, it was a mix of people, intelligent people who are relatively well informed about what's going on in the world. Then the person running the focus group asked, do you know who you're voting for in the midterm elections? The entire room goes silent. It's just blank stares all around. Finally, after like a really awkward pause, uh, this one brave young woman spoke up and she was like, I don't, I don't know what those are. And someone else was like, yeah, what is, what is a midterm election? I've never heard of that. All around the room, everyone is in agreement. No idea what that is. These are intelligent people, smart people, well-informed. They have opinions and values. They care about the direction of our country. But there's an opportunity coming up to, to weigh in, to vote, to have our voices heard. And not a single one of them had any idea that there's an election in November. Which reminds me, there is an election in November, you guys. Uh, November 8th, I, I believe it's a Tuesday. Um, mark your calendars, vote. But that so perfectly encapsulates the world in which we live. We have opinions, we have values, we hook on to sound bites and talking points, we'll retweet stuff we agree with, but when it comes to the practical, when it comes to actually doing the thing, participating, taking an active role in shaping our communal lives and existence, we don't know what to do. We lack insight. That's a wisdom problem. Wisdom is incredibly practical. If you want to navigate how to, or if you want to know how to navigate the world effectively, you need wisdom. Uh, if you want to achieve the good life, if you want to do well by others, uh, honor your family, live in a way that is just and sustainable, that's what wisdom is all about. One of my favorite Old Testament scholars, uh, Ellen Davis, defines wisdom as instruction in the art of living well. I like that definition. Wisdom is instruction in the art of living well. See, in ancient Israel, the book of Proverbs started out as a textbook, basically. This book was used to instruct uh, young men, generally, uh, between the ages of like 14 and 16. That's why the opening chapters, the opening lines of this book are written like it's a parent addressing a child. My child, 
if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. If you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The book of Proverbs is inviting us all to pursue wisdom. There's a couple things right off the bat that we need to know about wisdom. A few um, misconceptions, rumors that we have to dispel. Uh, Number one, wisdom does not equal intelligence. It's very important. Wisdom is not intelligence. Um, I think sometimes we can be a little resistant or even like a little intimidated by wisdom because we think wisdom means being smart, but that's not how it works. Wisdom and intelligence are not the same thing. If you need an example of this, I give you Elon Musk, right? We have a picture of, there he is, there's Elon right there, right? We know Elon Musk, richest man in the world. Say what you will about Elon Musk. The guy's pretty much a genius. I mean, he's brilliant. He is wicked smart. Uh, His work with electric cars, uh, batteries, rocket ships, Elon Musk is inventing the future while, like, I'm just trying to find my shoes, right? Like, this guy, this guy is really smart. But Elon Musk is a nitwit, right? Like, he's a complete jerk. I know that's not really nice to say, but he has $200 billion. He's going to be fine. (laughs) Whenever Elon Musk is in the news, it's either something totally brilliant or completely ridiculous, If he's not launching rockets into space, then it's like some relationship drama, um, allegations of misconduct, abuse, or posting something super offensive online. That's what Elon Musk is known for. He's one of the smartest people alive, but he's a fool. Elon Musk does not have wisdom because wisdom does not equal intelligence. We tracking with this so far? Yeah. Um, If you want another example, think about like um, politicians, celebrities, titans of industry, who get in trouble for sending naked pictures of themselves to people, right? Like, this, this is a regular occurrence in our culture. Um, these are intelligent people. They're leaders. They're successful. Many of them are rich, but they lack wisdom because wisdom is not intelligence. Maybe somewhere along the line, you were convinced that you're not smart. Uh, maybe you had a parent or a teacher who said something to you. Uh, Maybe you're not a math whiz, or you don't like to read. Maybe you're not a strong test taker. None of that is relevant to the question of wisdom. Wisdom is for everyone. You just have to be hungry for it. It doesn't belong to the smart. It belongs to the hungry. If you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Maybe book smarts have never been your thing. That's fine. But are you curious? Are you the type of person who maybe you can take something apart, figure out how it works, put it back together? Um, Are you curious about people? Why do we make the decisions we make? Why do we do the things we do? 
Uh, is there some skill or some hobby that you, you've uh, uh, devoted a significant am- amount of time to uh, learning and mastering and navigating? All that sort of stuff is wisdom. Wisdom is for everyone. You just have to be hungry for it. That's the key. Another myth to dispel about wisdom, another thing you need to know, wisdom does not equal experience. This one is how we typically think and talk about wisdom in our culture. Uh, We connect wisdom with experience. We assume that if someone is very old, uh, if they've had a lot of experience, then they must be wise. It's the Yoda effect, right? (laughs) But that is not always how it works. You can gain wisdom from experience. If you make mistakes and then you learn from them and then you try to do better, you can gain wisdom that way, but not everybody does. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Um, There are a lot of old fools out there. Yes. (laughs) Not in here, no. Um, (laughs) No comment. Um, there, There are also, though, a number of young people who are wise beyond their years, right? Wisdom and age don't always line up. This means, number one, that it is never too early to start acquiring wisdom. Uh, Maybe you think that you're not ready. You haven't lived long enough. That's bullocks. Wisdom is for everyone. This book was written for 14-year-olds. If you're a young adult, if you're a teenager, heck, if you're a preteen, it's never too early. You're never too young to start exploring wisdom. But the good news also is that you're never too old. Amen. Maybe you hear all this talk about achieving the good life. Um, instruction in the art of living well. And maybe you hear that and it's like, well, count me out. I've already screwed it all up. I ruined my family. I ruined my life. I ruined my kids. I blew it with my marriage. I blew it with my job. Too late for me. It's not too late. It's never too late to pursue wisdom. You're never too old for this. Wisdom is for everyone. No matter what you've gotten wrong, what you've screwed up, wisdom is calling to you. It's ready to open up and to share its hidden treasures. You've just got to want it. That's the key. Said a lot about what wisdom isn't. Let's close on what wisdom is. The core message of the book of Proverbs. You ready? Taking notes? Now, the core message of Proverbs. Wisdom is a gift from God. Wisdom is something that originates with God and flows from God. This is from our reading, Proverbs 2, verse 6. The Lord gives wisdom. From God's mouth come knowledge and understanding. God stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. I like that. That's the kind of passage that like, normally I would need to read and then like, go for a walk and read again, right? Like, there is richness there. Wisdom is a gift. First and foremost, it's a gift. When the Bible talks about wisdom, it's not talking about wisdom like the world talks about wisdom. 
Wisdom in the Bible is something very specific. You don't earn it by being smart. You can't achieve it through experience alone. Wisdom is a gift from God. It is a grace that comes from knowing God and walking with God. A couple minutes ago, I mentioned Ellen Davis. Uh, She's one of my favorite Old Testament scholars. Uh, She's the one who called wisdom instruction in the art of living well. I still think that's a really good definition, um, but she gives another one. She elaborates on this. Ellen Davis goes on to say that being wise means living in the world in such a way that God and God's intentions for the world are acknowledged in all that we do. I'm going to read that again. Being wise means living in the world in such a way that God and God's intentions for the world are acknowledged in all that we do. You want to grow in wisdom? Follow God. Connect with God. If you get to know the creator of the universe, it's going to be much easier to navigate the universe. If you want to achieve the good life, connect with the author of all life. That's the message of Proverbs. See, the good news of the wisdom tradition is that God wants a relationship with us. God wants to commune with us like a teacher and a student, or a parent and a child. God is inviting us to partner with God in stewarding and blessing the creation. That's the whole story, right? I mean, from from the opening pages of Genesis, where God creates human beings in his own image and blesses them, right up to the God who in Jesus walks among us, dwells with us, takes on flesh, and invites us into a relationship that depends on grace. The invitation is for everyone, but you've got to be hungry for it. You're never too young, and you're never too old, but you've got to want it. If you incline your heart to wisdom, you are going to encounter God in new and amazing ways. That's the journey we start today. And to help with that journey, we've got a little something in the bulletins in the Going Deeper section. For those of you who grabbed a bulletin, uh, which are always available at the Connection Center, there'll be some after as well. Um, I want to invite you to take out the sermon notes page and uh, turn to the Going Deeper. Uh, I mentioned at the outset that the real goal of this series is to empower us all to read the wisdom books, read and understand this stuff on our own. Um, And so if you look at the Going Deeper, uh, you're going to notice that we're giving you a series of questions to reflect on and a passage to read. Uh, For this week, it's Proverbs chapters 1 to 3. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you can go home today, you can knock that out in 10 minutes if you want. I mean, this this is... like three pages, if that, and it's poetry. This is some of the easiest stuff in the Bible to read and just skim through and just check off a list. I want to encourage you to not do that. I want to encourage you to take your time with this. Don't try to knock it out in one sitting. Um, We're going to be updating the Going Deeper every week 
with a different section from the wisdom literature. And I want to encourage you to give this a try and to actually take your time with this. Go slow. Spend some time in the first three chapters of Proverbs this week. Uh, maybe you read it excuse me, a few times in multiple translations over multiple days. Maybe you do a chapter a day and then restart it. Maybe you read it, go have a cup of tea, and then come back and read it again. This is a very different part of the Bible that we're wading into. This is a part of the Bible, a type of literature that we don't read that often. It doesn't read like the stories, you know, the Gospels, the stories of the Old Testament. It doesn't read like Psalms. It doesn't read like one of the letters from Paul. But this is something that invites you to read and reread over and over over the course of a lifetime. And I'm telling you guys, there are gems in the book of Proverbs and these other wisdom texts that are right up there with anything in the Gospels, anything in the New Testament. And I'm really looking forward to uncovering some of that treasure together in the weeks ahead. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of wisdom. Thank you for the invitation to encounter you, to get to know you, and to become more like you. Lord, we ask that you would make us hungry for wisdom. Slow us down and empower us to pay attention. Give us ears to hear and hearts that are ready to receive the treasures you have for us in these pages. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at Brockport FB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.